Section 6 of The Life of St. Dominic Savio by St. John Bosco. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 9. Dominic Forms the Resolution of Striving After Perfection. In the above chapters, we have considered Dominic as a student going through his scholastic course, and have insisted principally on his talents and industry. His spiritual advancement was of even greater importance in his eyes. Savio had been at the oratory for six months when he heard a sermon delivered there on an easy method of arriving at the perfection of the saints. The preacher brought out particularly three points that impressed themselves deeply on Savio's mind. First, that it was God's will that we should become perfect. Secondly, that it was easy to become so. Thirdly, that an exceeding great reward is laid up for those who arrive at perfection. The effect of the sermon on Dominic was to set his heart aglow with love of God. For some days he was extraordinarily quiet, so that his companions began to remark it, and I noticed it myself. I began to think that his health was commencing to give way again, so I questioned him about it. His answer was put very quaintly. If I am suffering at all, he said, it is from something beneficial. I asked him to explain. He replied that he had been thinking over the sermon, and was seized with the desire of becoming a saint that it now appeared to him much easier than he had thought, and asked for some special guidance in regard to his behavior. I very naturally praised his good intentions, but pointed out that it would not be beneficial for him to be disturbed and uneasy about it, for in such disquiet of soul the voice of God could not be heard. I told him that he should be always happy and cheerful, to be exact in the practices of piety and his other duties, and to take his recreation regularly with his companions. One day I told him I wished to make him a little present, but that I left the choice of it to him. I do not desire anything else, he replied, but to become perfect. If I do not obtain that, I shall be fit for nothing. On another occasion, we were discussing the etymology of names, and he put the question, What does Dominic mean? Someone answered, Belonging to God. See then, he promptly replied, if I was not right in saying that I ought to become a saint, even my very name says that I belong to God. Therefore it shall be my constant endeavor to become a saint. These and similar words on other occasions may seem extraordinary in so young a boy, but Dominic meant them in all seriousness, and his use of them, just referred to, was not because he was not leading a holy life, on the contrary, but it was because he wished to undertake penances, and remain for hours in prayer, things which his superiors decided were not suitable for his years or health or his occupations. End of chapter 9 Chapter 10 Zeal for the Salvation of Souls The chief recommendation given to Dominic to help him to attain perfection was to endeavor to gain souls to God, for no action is more meritorious than to cooperate in the salvation of souls, for which our divine Savior shed his precious blood. Dominic had a particular intuition of the importance of this good work, and on several occasions he said, If I could help to gain my companions to God, what a happiness it would be. It was on this principle that he never let any occasion go by of doing something to this end, and accordingly he frequently gave friendly advice or warning to those of the boys whose conduct was not approved of. He had a particular horror of anything in the nature of blasphemy or taking the name of God in vain. In fact, it worked upon him to such a degree that his health was quite affected by it. If he heard any words of that nature as he passed along the streets, he would look down as though in sorrow and make some pious ejaculation. A companion had often noticed him raise his cap and utter a few words of prayer when these blasphemies had been uttered. On another occasion, as he returned from school to the oratory, he heard an elderly man utter some very blasphemous words. 
Dominic shuddered, and immediately offered up his pious ejaculation and reparation. But he was satisfied neither, nor disposed to let it pass. Summoning all his courage, and not at all affected by human respect, he went up to the man and asked him to direct him to the oratory. The boy's gentle manner immediately softened the man's anger, and he replied, very affably, "'No, I am sorry, I don't know where it is.' "'Then there is another favour you can do for me,' said Dominic. "'Oh, what is it?' The boy then came nearer and said in a low voice, only audible to the man in question, "'It would be a great pleasure to me if, when you are angry again, you would use words that are not blasphemous.' The man was naturally astonished at such a request from a boy, but there was something of admiration in his surprise. He replied, "'Well done, you are right. It is a very bad habit that I am determined to overcome.' But Dominic's manner with young offenders was different. He at once heard two little boys quarrelling at their games outside the house, and one of them in his boyish anger used the holy name. Dominic was pained, as he always was when this occurred, so he stepped between the two boys and made them patch up their quarrel. Then he turned to the one that he had heard utter the name of God, and said to him, "'Come with me, there is something to be done with which you will be pleased.' He took him off to a church nearby, and both went up to the altar. There he made the boy kneel down and ask pardon for his profane use of the holy name. The boy did not know the act of contrition, so Dominic made him say it after him, and added to it some pious ejaculations to atone for the irreverence offered to God. Pursuing the same plan, Dominic made himself acquainted chiefly with the lives of those saints who had spent their lives in the salvation of souls. A favorite topic with him was the missionary life, and what missionaries were actually undertaking at that time and as it was impossible for him to help them materially, he offered daily prayers for their welfare, and at least one communion a week. Strangely enough, I have often heard him exclaim, How many souls there are in England awaiting our assistance! There was nothing would please me more, had I the strength and virtue than to go there and help, by preaching and good works, to gain them to Jesus Christ. He frequently lamented the lack of zeal in this direction, and also as regards the proper instruction of children in the truths of the faith. It was his idea that as soon as he was a cleric, he would go back to Mondonio, gather the children together, and teach them their catechism and to lead good lives. And he gave practical proof of this, for he often taught catechism in the church of the oratory, and if any boy was backward or had been neglected in regard to his religion, Dominic was always glad to take him in hand to instruct him and prepare him for the sacraments. This, of course, could not be carried on without remarks from those who thought his zeal was out of place, and that such things should only be mentioned in church. A companion rebuked him once for talking on the life of some saint in recreation time, and asked him why he did so. Dominic's answer was so full of genuine zeal for the good of souls, which, he remarked, had been redeemed with a great price, that it made a deep impression on those around. During the intervals he spent at home for the holidays, Dominic put the zeal of his into practical effort for he would gather other boys around him, and he had quite a gift for attracting them, and by conversations and stories he gave them good instruction and counsel. He also took home several objects of piety from the oratory, and distributed them judiciously by way of rewards among these companions. It was, therefore, quite customary for several to accompany him to Mass and the sacraments, and this good work had a lasting effect. During these holidays he was brought into contact with many people of all ages and conditions, for Dominic's manner had an attraction for all, and to all of them, in one way or another, he was the means of some spiritual advantage. No wonder that his reputation began to spread, even at that time. Dominic's guiding motto was, that no occasion for doing good to souls, or of offering some little act of reparation to God, should be missed. And this accounts for his constant zeal, and his visits to the Blessed Sacrament, in which he generally managed to be accompanied by a friend or someone he wished to bring to a better life. End of chapter 10